podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Well, guys, it's the Euro Incision Podcast and Liverpool Football Club are in another Champions League final. Thank you very much. Facing Real Madrid, we're very excited about that. And joining me on this podcast is... Well, you, you know who he is. <laughs> He's just laughing. He's like, are you going to give me an intro? Yes, I am, Themis. Yes, I am, because you always deserve one. It is a guy that needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one. It is my co-host. He's not my sidekick. He's the one that carries me on this podcast. My excellent, my excellent trusty co-host and just an awesome guy, awesome contributor to this podcast, and I love talking with him. And I'm going to share a little nugget of information about how I felt during that game against Villarreal and his good influences certainly rubbing off on me. It is Mr. Themis Casares. Welcome back. <laughs> it's nice to be back. Get your second flags out. <laughs> go yeah. to the final. Yeah. We're, we're going to a final. We're going to a final. Um, it is incredible. I mean, before we even talk about the game, can we just talk about um maybe... um. You know, what Jurgen Klopp has done here, just real, real quickly, you know, three Champions League finals, Europa League as well. So let's make that four Europe, European finals um, in the space of like five years or something stupid. I, I just think that's absolutely insane. And he's made four Champions League finals himself. Of course, I'm talking about Dortmund as well. Just incredible stuff. I mean, he has made us European elite again. You know, like the fact that we've made three Champions League finals now. Well, it's amazing to think that. Mm. It's amazing to be in another final. It's amazing to be in another Champions League final. Three in uh, five campaigns with Jurgen, with a team that was outside of the Champions League. One, it was one league, Champions League campaign in seven or eight years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Since uh, 2010, the final year that we're in the Champions League with Rafa. Mm. And then one in eight years with Brendan Rodgers and one to forget, actually. Yeah, can we please erase that from history? Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing to think that we're here again. And it's, in my point of view, it might be the easiest thing that Jürgen has done as a Liverpool manager so far. Because of the royalty, because of the history, because of Anfield, because of all that stuff. Maybe... You know, building a good team and then having all that tradition behind you. Mm-hmm. It might be the easiest thing that Jürgen has done so far. If you think about that. How many cup finals? France versus Chelsea, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the league and the fighting for the league of points win it. That's the hard job. Playing in, Anfield, playing in European uh, nights at Anfield and away from home, winning every game away from home, 
with the traveling cop behind you, having the red shirt playing all around Europe. Maybe, maybe 10 years' time, if we ask Jurgen about it, he's going to say, you know what? That was the easy part. That was the easy part because Liverpool, if they are good, if they are good, they are meant to be there. We are European football royalty, one of the few clubs in Europe that can say that. Absolutely Abs- one of the few club, clubs in Europe that can say that and mean it and have people nodding their heads and say, yeah, yeah, Liverpool, yeah, European royalty, for sure, for sure. We nearly said absolutely together, but you beat me to the punch. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. And it's just so nice being there and, you know, making that final again. And of course, for somebody like you who has covered so many Champions League finals, to actually have your team, you know, successively start, you know, making yeah. these finals, you know, that is just, I'm, I'm guessing that's just like a personal um, <laughs> added enticement for you, you know, that, yeah, I watched that one, I watched that one. You know, it's just great stuff. But I mean, you know what theme it's it's one of those games and um it's we're at that stage where i don't really overly overly want to like you know talk about the game we are going to talk about the game of course we are but it's you know when you reach a final you get to a stage where you just like and breathe a sigh of relief is done it's mm-hmm. dusted but mm-hmm. um i guess the first thing i want to do is of course um villarreal versus liverpool so you know it's a return leg and um the team lineup was exactly what maybe a lot of people wanted and expected. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I think, you know, it was Klopp going for, I, I call it his, I don't know, his Champions League team because of Canate yeah. and his plays. And, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know, I know you shouldn't mm-hmm. really say that, but to me, that was his Champions League team. So your thoughts about the team lineup? I, I'm assuming you weren't surprised at any of the names on the team sheet. No, no. You, you, you said it about Konate and uh, playing in the Champions League and away from home and scoring, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. And Zota was about to get a start. Bobby would get one too, if he was available. But mm-hmm. we don't have him yet, back and healthy. So it was Zota that was out and Diaz getting all the spotlight and stuff like that. So I was, I was guessing that, you know, Zota is bound to get a start uh, somewhere in, these, in those games. And mm. so, I, yeah, I wasn't surprised with the with the lineup, midfield, and everything like that. It was pretty standard. The performers were not, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll get to that in 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 a millisecond. Yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. I was like, yep, that's starting eleven. Eleven. You look at the bench, you see the likes of Diaz's name on there. Elliot, you know, uh, play, you know, uh, players that you know that Jurgen Klopp can bring on Origi. You know, the players on the bench that can make the difference. So again, you know. This is the reason why this club, this team is doing so well because of obviously the quality on the pitch and also the 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 extra sort of players that Jurgen Klopp can bring on. Um, should things need to be changing and things needed to be changed, and we'll get to that in a minute. But a theme is uh, for me, it was really really interesting because to me, this game was a contrast of two halves, and we're going to talk about the first half. And um, before I get to that, um, I just kind of want to just let the listeners know um, how you rubbed off on me. So um, we've all watched the game. We all watched it live. I think our jaws hit <laughs> our, our knees watching what we were watching. But I watched it with, um, you know, a, fa- a couple of family members who are Liverpool mm-hmm. supporters. Um, absolutely losing their mind. I even had yeah. the Barcelona 
fan watching it with me and said, this this Liverpool performance reminds me of what Barcelona, how they were playing at Anfield. And oh. I was sat there looking oh, yeah, at they went there. It. They went there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah they went there. And, you know, and it was the first house going off. I've got Liverpool supporters. They're absolutely losing their mind. But guess what, Seamish? I don't know. I was, I was not happy with what I was watching. I was frustrated with what I was watching. But deep down, something very pragmatic in me decided to voice up and say, man for man, we're a better team. Mm-hmm. Player for player, we're a better team. And I'll tell you something right now. And I said to all of them, I went, if, you know, this is a test of character now. And this is a test of strength. And, you know, um, how, how strong you are, both physically and mentally. And I believe that this team, will, in the second half, you're all going to be apologising to me. And are you all owe me £100. Did I get the £100? No, I didn't. Not from anyone. <laughs> I thought I put that out there. But I was just, I, I just felt the need to say that because, I, yes, I was not enjoying what I was watching, but I, I, I felt the need to uh, be calm. And, uh, and also, I also made another prediction because it wasn't a great game, Themis. Let's be honest, in the first half, you know, we could, there was no cohesion. There was no control. And I want to get your thoughts on this. There was no cohesion. There was no control. The pitch was an absolute mess on, on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on, uh, um, uh, you know, where Trent was in the first half. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just absolutely, um, hideous to kind of watch but I said oh can't string a pass you know what it's going to need a, a Fabinho Thunderstrike or something and I, I predicted that another Liverpool fan my sister said it's going to it's going to be Sadio Mane or, or Mosala the trustees and uh, mm-hmm. my nephew was like I'm I'm predicting a Canate head I mean I was right uh, I'd just like to put it out there but we'll get to it in a minute but the first half uh, the pitch was an absolute joke we there was no control I felt like Liverpool we're playing the occasion more than the team. I want to get your thoughts. Well, it was, you know, a combination of, all, <laughs> of many things. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, football is chaotic and sometimes you can play an absolutely perfect game. You look up at the scoreline and not only you're not winning, but somehow you're losing. The, the worrying fact of that first half was that I don't know. Maybe it was the worst 45 minutes of the season so far. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know. I have a quite good, uh, good memory. I mean, it was a nightmare to watch because, you know, we, we, Liverpool just finished one of the most demanding and, uh, I don't know, a heavy month like April that we just finished and we have another historic month historical month ahead of us in May, but we played a lot of games with really hard opponents during this uh, month, and at some point it looked like we're not only one of the best, if not the, the best team in the world right now, but it was almost like we are a divine football club, something like that, and all of a sudden we were looking like human again, like we can bleed, you know, like we're, we're vulnerable. It was, you know, at some point horrible to watch. Not only because of the scoreline, the way we were playing. I mean, yeah, and we have to give credit to Villarreal, the way they performed. They gave everything on the pitch. They were all amazingly proactive with high intensity pressing, blocking the lines, fighting for every ball, stuff like that. The pitch, of course, did not help. They had the crowd next to them. 
you know, fighting for a place in history. I mean, I, yeah, as you said, you were with family members. I, w- I was with uh, my wife mm. and she was looking at me at what was going on. And I said, you know what? They're playing game of their life, these guys. Mm. It's the biggest game they have ever played for a long time. Yes. I know they won the Europa League last season, but they are in the European Super Semi-Final, Champions League Semi-Final, mm-hmm. in their home ground, facing not probably task. I mean, yeah, they lost the first leg, yeah, for sure. But the scoreline doesn't make it a wonder for them to come back to the game, like the chasing ghosts or something like that. They think they can do it. They have to put an effort, and, it, and it's working. So, you know what? It's football. It can happen. And so, I always have a fight with my colleagues at work and stuff like that when they take things for granted. And I tell them, you know, Bye bye. I'm gonna watch the Liverpool game. See you all tomorrow. And they go on and ask me, who do you prefer in the final? You know what? If Liverpool, all they all go. If what do you mean? There's a chance that Villarreal. What? And I always say, yeah, there is a chance. Always for anything in football. And I went straight to the office the other day, mm. and I told them, did you watch the first half? And he said, oh, come on. As, as soon as Liverpool, you know, got their grip again, it was game over. And I said, yeah, what if Alisson slow? It's a penalty for them. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Shoot from, I don't know how many meters away from, and it goes top bins. How do you know? But, yeah. I have to agree with, with you. Oh, there was a little bit a, a part of me inside that said, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen again in the second half." Yeah, no. And I, I was, I was calm as soon as, saw, as I saw Liverpool play in the Liverpool way. Not, not uh, and after we scored, uh, but as soon as I saw, I saw them settling the game, taking control of the game and playing the way we like. Then I was, you know, a little bit reassured. Absolutely. The, I think, yeah, you know, the as phrase, well. The phrase, you know, the, the phrase, I, I, I was thinking about you during the game, actually. <laughs> the, yeah, because I now have the habit, you know, that I know going to talk about the game yes. that uh, yes. I'm currently watching and stuff like that. And the phrase that I kept repeating for 45 minutes Hear me. <laughs> they cannot, but that's the way I, you know, watch football. I sometimes give instructions and stuff like that, like mm. they can hear me. And the phrase that I kept repeating, I don't know how many dozens of times, said that pass to his feet, do not pass. Pass to his feet, not pass in space. <laughs> Play the ball to your teammates' feet. Do not try to find him. Yes. And I, I, I don't know how many times. I mean, yeah. just, at, at some point, my wife, my wife looked at me and said, would you stop saying that? And I said, would they stop, <laughs> would they start doing it? Yes. If they start doing it, I'm going to stop saying that. <laughs> but uh, they don't. Can you see that? I mean, how many displaced passes in the first half? Konate couldn't hit C from a, from a, from a boat. And I said, pass the ball to your teammates' feet. Minutes. In the game, don't don't play it first time. 
I mean, for the love of God, start possession, keep possession for five mm-hmm. minutes and let's all settle. Let's all hold our breath and settle and find our rhythm and start being livable. Because that wasn't livable, that wasn't us for the 45 minutes, no. Uh, absolutely, and I think, you know, the, the early goal, um, you know, certainly, certainly absolutely unsettled us and, you know, things that I was kind of noticing as well, you know, like, I think, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, we, you know, we, we were trying to find space, there was no space, you know, there was no cohesion. Um, yeah. I felt like, you know, we were slow, but we were trying to rush things. I also mm-hmm. felt like, you know, the fullbacks as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not singling anyone out, but, you know, um, things weren't going right throughout the whole pitch. I don't think anyone had, you know, anyone sort of covered themselves in any kind of glory. Maybe Alison with that save, you know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a whole, you know, I felt like the fullbacks, you know, weren't really involved in the attacking side of things. Certainly Trent in the first half, for me, it felt like he was a little, not not scared, I will not say scared, but he looked a bit conservative than his usual self to, mm-hmm. you know, to be more attack-minded. I mean, it was just, um, and of course, you know, and, you know, both of the goals actually came from, the first one came from the right-hand side where Keita should have mm-hmm. better, and then the second goal came in from the the left-hand side where you know Robbo, you know it, it crossed Robbo. So, you know there was a lot of things going on, and um, you know Keita, you know people were talking about Keita, and there was a lot of talking mm, about and, and it kind of yeah. winds me up that this, you know, bring on Hendo and all this. So there was a lot of things, and even somebody like Thiago, I mean, he was struggling in that game as well, and the atmosphere was like a cauldron of noise. Um, I loved it, though, you know, from that perspective, that they were so passionate, and, you know, they had something to cheer about. But, yeah, that first half, I mean, I don't think I could really look at anyone and think, ooh, you you, you have been amazing, or you tried to be amazing. I think the only positive that I maybe took from it was, you know, Salah trying to hit on a few counters, but, mm-hmm. you know, got caught offside yeah. a few times. I thought Jota wasn't his usual effect himself. I thought the only one that maybe tried maybe sticking a little bit of a needle in as well was maybe, you know, Sadio Mane. He looked genuinely, in the first half, genuinely quite angry with what was going on and, you know, he was trying mm-hmm. to win the ball back. But yeah, like you said, there's so many um, misplaced passes and um, there was no control. Um, everything just wasn't the Liverpool way. And like you said, and as, again, the, the family that I watched the game with were like, this is probably the worst that we've seen Liverpool play. It was just, it, it was just like... I think the early goal, goal kind of sucker punched them and threw them off. And, you know, these things happen. And, you know, it was mad because the first goal happened at round about, I'd say, three minutes. It was like 2.55, but let's call mm-hmm. it three minutes. Yeah. And then, of course, they get the second, like, on the 40th minute. So, you know, there was a big period of time where Liverpool could have responded, but they just did not respond. And I exactly. think that was the it's alarm not, it's not a, yeah, there. It's not about conceding. It's not about mm. that. Because one could say Villarreal got the early goal right. And then they could go on and say, you know what? We got the early goal. We only need one more mm. to tie yeah. the, the goals that we, we, they considered at Anfield. So let's settle back. Let's take our time, stuff like that. And maybe the, the early goal would have given Liverpool the control of the game, but that never happened. So it wasn't about, you know, the circuit parts or stuff like that. It was um, a collective, <laughs> yes. a collective struggle. I mean, uh, I know what people said about Nabi, and I can guarantee, and I'm sure everybody agrees, that it was if it was Hendo playing, then we would have people at halftime saying, I told you so, we cannot control mm-hmm. anything with Jordan Henderson on the pitch, and Nabi should be 
our first sub right start of the second half, right? I mean, that would be the case. And you know, what happens with football is people love get or give or take permanent conclusions from temporary situations. Absolutely. I'm sure there's probably a portion of it, you know, yeah. I must say, you know, uh, some support saying, oh, we need new players and we need new this and, you know, acting like absolute yeah. spoiled brats. But yeah, I mean, let's move on swiftly to the second half. I, I think, you know, I don't think listeners really want to hear us kind of talk about the first half too much. But I think we can all agree we did not enjoy that. That was not the Liverpool way of playing football. I think Jurgen Klopp was equally as cheesed off. But you know, there was, um, and uh, but I think, you know, the competitors were like, ooh, we've got a game on our hands. And obviously, I watched mm-hmm. it on BT Sports and people like Rio Ferdinand who were absolutely licking their lips. I think, you know, uh, you know, ex-United player, I think Gary Neville was sort of um, um, enjoying that a fair bit as well. Yeah. So second half, I mean, I love the fact that Jurgen Klopp obviously gave him an absolute rollicking uh, and I don't blame him. Uh, but instantly makes a substitute. You know, second half, you see Jota coming off, Diaz coming on. I mean, that boy is an absolute game changer because he was absolutely... Um, first of all, we know what he's all about. He just runs. He's so aggressive. I love the fact that, you know, when he gets taken down, he gets straight back up. You know, he's got so much fight and needle about him. But I just feel like we started looking like a better team. We started looking more like ourselves. We were having... You know, I think we were on something like... 48 minutes or something we've never had a shot on target which again yeah. is not the it's you know like it's quite rare for Liverpool to be like that yeah. but you know um you know I think we started looking a little bit better I mean there was that trench shot that deflected off the crossbar at 54 minutes mm-hmm. and that was that point where I started believing that no this goal is coming like it's it's definitely coming and yeah the more we were sort of attacking, um, I felt like the, it was the, the confidence was going more and more. I felt like you know Trent was being a bit, a lot more creative and attack-minded. But we just looked better. We were passing the ball better. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. they took your advice. You know, players were finding each other. There was lots of one-twos, um, between you know the likes of like I don't know, like for for example, the goal against them, um, the goal that Fabinho scored, where you know he played with the Mosala there, but. Teammates were finding each other. I want to get your thoughts. Well, first of all, I love I love the way Jurgen himself uh, explained it after the game when uh, they, he was asked about Diaz. Hmm. To be he fair, often he didn't make it as though that the sub change. He goes, "No, we were it just basically." Um, <clears throat> I can't remember what he said, but he did. I, 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 I remember. Individual. I remember because he said it's an obvious question, right? Hmm. You cannot blame the reporter for asking that, but the way he handled it. He said, if I told you that Diaz was a solution, that would imply that Zota was the problem. Yeah. But Zota was not the problem. It mm-hmm. was a collective problem and we had to fix everything. I love the fact that yes. yeah, he said, he decided that we needed Diaz in the game to stretch the game and uh, to give them trouble. But he had absolute faith in our midfield. To be, we have to be honest here, if anybody was... Liverpool instead of club, the first thing he would do is try to say something in midfield because mm-hmm. that was the core that we all saw that nothing was working for us, not even yeah. without the ball or with the ball, not pressing or resisting pressing and stuff like that, keeping possession, absolutely nothing. Even Thiago looked like an average passer of the game, right? So, any other manager, I would say, uh, would try to change things in midfield, but he decided 
that we needed to do things better. We had absolute faith in the same players to change things, to change how they approach the game, to take control of the game. And then, yeah, we should try and change something in our attack, bringing Diaz, the energizer, uh, on. But as you said, I mean, if Diaz was starting, I didn't think, I don't think that we would, we would have uh, seen anything different in the first 45 minutes. Yeah, that wasn't I, the issue. No, I agree with you. And again, you know, um, it's, it, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it, Dimit? Because I love the fact that there was a player as angry as like a Diaz who came on mm-hmm. off the bench to like say, hang on a minute, I got 45 minutes. It was a fresh set of problems. It changed up our attack because, of course, what it meant was Marnie had to go more central. Yeah. Diaz out on the on the flank on the left, um, running absolute mayhem and bedlam and, you know, Sadio Mane being free and, you know, Mosala just being Mosala on the right. But I completely agree with you. But at six, on 61 minutes, so we, we've certainly sensed the goal was coming. But, of course, you know, and, you know, should we be surprised that Liverpool were going to get a goal? It, it took, um, it was on the 60, you know, it was around about 61 minutes. I mean, like we said, the passing just got better. There's a bit more link-up play, but um, Fabinho with um, a goal. And uh, and that's another thing as well. We didn't even touch this. In the first half, another thing that was maybe quite frustrating as well, and even the second half was, why are we not testing that keeper? We know he's fragile. We know he can't really <laughs> yeah. catch much. Why aren't we testing him? And then in the first half, we did start testing him. And mm-hmm. um, second half, we did start te- te- um, testing him. And um, 61 minutes, Fabinho scores. I mean, he, he has that little... Uh, Nice little uh, two-one with a um, Morsala where they kind of pass each other and then um, he just puts it through the keeper's legs. I mean, for yeah. all three goals, I think the keeper. I think you have to raise your eyebrow like Carlo Ancelotti there. I mean, he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know about what you said. You know, not testing the keeper. It's. I think it's the answer is uh, the way we approach games. I mean, we 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 love to have control of the game and then try it. Things. I mean, we're not a team that would would say, you know, nothing is working, so let's have a go with a shot from uh, far away, stuff like that. We always try to find solutions and try to control the the game. What I loved about the goal, apart from the, you know the obvious importance mm-hmm. <laughs> of uh, Fabinho scoring our first, is the fact that we did what we have been doing all year with that triangle in the right-hand side, but he did it with a defensive midfielder instead of Jordan, uh, Elliot, or Nabi, who yeah. often play there. It's about all players on the pitch, no matter what their position is, knowing what we're doing in every aspect of our game. So Fabinho found himself there, which is he's not his usual uh, area to cover, but he knew what players do when they find themselves in that pocket of space. And he did that. It doesn't matter if he's not, it's not his usual role. It doesn't matter if he's not uh, Ederson or Elliot mm. or Nabi or Thiago. I'm here. I know what we, try, we always try to do when the player is here. So I'm going to have a go. And uh, he has scored in a European knockout before. Because he has scored versus City when Monaco knocked them out. It wasn't the semi-final, of course. But uh, back then, he was the scorer of their second goal in their comeback uh, in the second leg for uh, Monaco. And uh, I know he's our, uh, you know, 
destroyer in midfield and everything, winning all balls and stuff like that. But he has a, he's a, he has a good technique of striking the ball. That's why he has an amazing penalty record. And he has the calm and confidence, you know, to find himself inside the penalty box, look at his options, seeing or maybe realizing in a split second that, you know, my teammates might be in an offside position, that pass might go through, it might not. And then deciding, you know what, I'm not going to pass it, I'm not going to square it, I'm going to hit it real hard to slow, so, you know, try my luck. And it worked. It absolutely did. And, you know, I might as well go there, but how was your reaction to that goal? When Was it relief? Was it joy? Was it like, yes, I knew that was coming? I think it might have been a combination of all three, but please feel free to enlighten us, Steamish. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I do not over-celebrate. Uh, yeah, just smile, stuff like that. There are really few goals during the season that I over, I, I get really, really excited and mm. uh, shouting and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe three or four goals per season, late winners. <laughs> Hello, Divokorigi, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but that was one of them because it was, as you said, the combination of all emotions, you know, uh, relief and joy and, you know, letting some frustration go out of your body. I mean, finally, yeah, that's the way to, to do it. That's the way to do it. Then, then I know uh, nothing is certain in football, but after that, I was really, really assured that, yeah, we're yeah. finish the job. Yeah, we're going to finish the job there. And one thing I absolutely loved as well, I mean, what isn't there to love about this team, but literally took about five minutes and 30 seconds for them to get a second. You know, Trent in swinger, Diaz um, sort of like glances it in. He wasn't offside, but again, you know, that is something you've got to marvel at this team. I want to get your thoughts on that because within that short period of time, you know, pretty much um, uh, took the air out of um, Villarreal, in my opinion, at that point, you know, and, you know, it, for me, that was just the sign of a team that give them give them a small little sniff and they will absolutely destroy you. And that's what Liverpool did, you know, in contrast to maybe Villarreal in the first half where it took them like 37 minutes mm-hmm. to get their second. The fact that Liverpool were like, OK, um, Art... Our tails are up and we're going to get a second one really, really quick. And it took them five minutes to get the second. I mean, that is just, I mean, I know we've scored quicker goals in a semi-final, Themis. I know we have. <laughs> I know we have. And also yeah. the, the other previous game, the, the next game that I'm going to talk about, same happened there. But, you know, and I want to get your thoughts. And then, of course, Sadio Mane, you know, Nabi Keita plays him a lovely ball. And, you know, the composure of Sadio Mane to do that. Because one of my, I'm going to say, a criticism, if you want to say, I, I always think Sadio Mane is more, more of an instinctive kind of player but you know composure again the keeper was in no man's land he was an absolute joke but um you know for him to just kind of grab it put it past the keeper and just like calmly 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 and so much composure to put it um far the the far right corner but um again all three goals took a total of roughly about 12 minutes so i want to get your thoughts on all the goals and just how threatening and deadly this Liverpool team is well, sometimes it feels like, uh, you know, Liverpool are playing football uh, like a boxer. I mean, we try to corner the other team, right? <laughs> we try mm. not, to, not to give them any space. And then the minute, the second that we land the first punch, 
then we have the habit of saying, yeah, they're busy now. Let's knock them out. I mean, it's like a, it's like a boxer's approach to take our time, be patient, control anything and everything. And then when we land, when we land the first punch, then we go bam, bam. And then you're out and then you're busy and then you're down the ground. And yeah, I don't want to be harsh on Villarreal, but we have done that versus much better teams <laughs> in a much, much more demanding, uh, demanding games because uh, yeah, we have to be honest here. That second goal, it wasn't, um, I don't know, you know, like a huge achievement or something like that, like we have done in the past with the quick goals in succession versus City versus uh, Barcelona, of course, and mm. stuff like that. But uh, it was lovely to see Trent in his favorite place yes. right now. Yes. And looking at the box with that magical right uh, foot and Again, I know we have talked about that before. The thing about Diaz, it's not his dribbling and his fight and will to get to take on his opponent. It's the way he combines that movement without the ball as a striker. Mm-hmm. That that he hasn't scored an individual goal so far. Am I right? Has he scored an individual goal? No. I, I don't think he has, he has scored yet for Liverpool. Uh, you know, taking on, on the opponent and then uh, taking a shot uh, on his own and finding the back of the net. I'm sure he will score <laughs> that goal uh, for us and uh, many times. But I love the fact that everybody's talking about the way he dribbles and the way he beats his opponent and the way he creates for us with that ability. But he doesn't find the back of the net with that skill yet. He's fighting the back, back of the net because when he when he is not in possession, he moves and thinks as a centre forward. He moves and thinks as a forward who wants to score goals, and that's for me is the reason we picked him. <laughs> because for the past I don't know how many years we do not we do not pick players that can do one thing well. We yeah. do not do that. We do not look for players. That can dribble. We're not going to go on the market and say, you know what, we need goals, so let's find the goal scorer. And mm. just that. We do not do that. Even Virgil van Dijk, who is a central defender, of course, and he can only play in that position, he's our conductor from behind, long balls and stuff like that. We do not buy players who only do one thing. We do not believe that in that aspect of the game. Jose Mourinho, always thought that football is about the specialists. I'm going to have Matic, and then I'm going to have Fabregas, let's say, and then we have Diego Costa up front, and that's it, and we're going to win the league. It worked for him. We're living in the era when we cannot afford having players on the pitch that are only good on doing one thing. Yeah, versatility is key. Yeah, if they struggle with that, they can offer you absolutely nothing. Mm. If they struggle with that, they, they have nothing to offer. And then if they go for, with, for a period with, you know, out of form or stuff like that, they have absolutely nothing to offer. Yeah. If you have Mo on the team and he's not scoring, you know that he's a threat. You yes. know that he can dribble. You know that he can create. The same things go for uh, money. You know what? The same thing goes for Diaz. It's not about dribbling and taking on 
your opponents. It's about moving, thinking, and executing as a goal scorer, as a poacher. Amazing signing, amazing. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And I think, you know, um, he's an absolutely exciting player to watch. And I love that you just kind of hit the nail on the head that, and I think that's, that's, that goes for all the players with regards to Liverpool. And, um, I guess the next thing I want to ask you is, um, what do you make of, um, Liverpool breaking the record? Um, in, in a sense that, you know, uh, Sadio Mane's goal there, which we didn't even touch on, I think that's the 139th goal in all competitions mm-hmm. this season break. Just absolutely surreal stuff by this team. Um, and yeah, just your thoughts on that. Because again, this team is just constantly breaking records. Every game that is physically possible for Liverpool Football Club to play in this domestic season, Amazing. they are going to play it, you know. Literally, you have to sit there and just marvel at this team. So, um, I want to get your thoughts on that. And imagine that, you know, Mo, Sadio, Nabi had to play the African nations in between. (laughs) 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 And uh, Diaz had to play all these World Cup qualifiers with Colombia. And this team set out to the beginning of the season and they're going to end the season playing in every game possible. I mean, Goal scoring record, yeah. I mean, imagine all the people that were saying we're having troubles in front of goal last season, yeah. Talk about, you know, tempor- uh, permanent uh, conclusions from temporary situation. It was only temporary, people. It was mm-hmm. a really, really hard season. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Let's all uh, remember that and laugh about that because it was just, you know, an interval and uh, a really hard season. I mean, it's amazing to think that we're scoring all that goals, we're breaking all that records, winning every Champions League game away from home. Never happened before by any team, right? And uh, we did that this season with that Sadio Mane uh, goal, taking uh, a win out, uh, from every away game in the campaign so far. I think the reason we, people do not talk about those records any, uh, that much is that there are a lot of things up for grabs <laughs> still left in yeah. the season. I mean, yeah, when we won the league, we were so far ahead. People could could find the time and talk about how marvelous and amazing this Liverpool team is because even when we haven't won it yet, it was obvious that we are going to win it, right? So press and fans and all that stuff and pundits found the time to talk about how amazing this team was and uh, which specific things were doing amazingly on the pitch and stuff like that. Now there is no time. There is no time to talk about the records. There is no time to talk about the players and the, the Jurgen mm. and stuff like that because mm. we're still fighting for three titles. Yeah. And in one month's time, we could be the only team ever to win four of them or we could finish the season as Carabao Cup winners. It's possible. I mean, you never know. So it's, so many things up for grabs that people don't have the time to talk about the records and stuff like that. They're always thinking, who, who do we play next? What's going to happen in the league? What's going to happen in the cup final? And what's going to happen in Paris, <laughs> in Paris as well? It's amazing to think that we have done all that and still, still, we have the biggest month ever ahead of us. It, 
honestly it's so mad because literally I was like speaking to my nephew who's also a Liverpool supporter and he was like oh we've you know we've got the FA Cup final on the 15th so we'll watch that together and then it's the 28th we'll order some food and we'll chill out and we'll watch the game together and you know we'll, we'll, all, we'll all have like a family thing get together and I'm just sat there and I'm thinking oh my god I don't think I've ever had that feeling or that busyness yeah. in in May and I just, anyone that's listening, I just wanted to sit back, pause, reflect, smile, marvel and enjoy the fact that we are in this position because I and you and everyone who's possibly listening to this podcast have been in a position where our season has been over in March, yeah. April something, you know, like like March definitely, you know, there's absolutely nothing to play for. I mean, you just got to sit there and just got, you've got to have the biggest smile on your face, but Demis, um, with regards to this, um, you spoke about Jurgen Klopp just being absolutely sensational in the presser, um, mm-hmm. it, uh, to the reporter, not the presser, sorry. And yeah. of course, you know, we we saw Sadio Mane spoke to BT Sport, and he, um, you know, put a preference out that he would like to play Real Madrid in the final. They asked Jurgen Klopp, "Are you going to enjoy?" It? He goes, "Yeah, I'll watch. I'll enjoy it." Um, to me, um, regardless of who makes it, what, what a um, what a final it'll be, you know, or he said memorable or historic, or he said something along mm-hmm. those lines, basically just batted off the question before he was even asked regarding mm-hmm. who would you like to play. I mean, I love that about the guy, you know, he anticipated what they were going to ask him and he just like didn't even give the report the opportunity. But I think we can all safely say that we are absolutely delighted and thrilled that Liverpool made the final. Uh, I think, you know, it was a test of faith and character and nerves in the first half the second half Liverpool back to their old ways and um, is there anything you kind of want to share from this game or anything you want to get off your chest before we talk about you know talking about the other game well no it's football is as global as ever and as you said we have to stop pause and reflect and think that Liverpool are in the centre of the football world for the upcoming month. And to think that this club is so massive that it has millions of followers all over, all over the globe without winning the league for 30 years and hanging in there, but still have that amazing power all over the world, in every country. Imagine what this power would be in 10 or 20 years from now when all those kids grow up because we are making fans everywhere around the world right now. Because we, we, used, we used to do that in seasons, as you said, that, was, that, that were ending in March and in April and stuff like that. Imagine the absolute power that we gain now being so successful and being in the center of the football world right now. The absolute center of the football world. Liverpool are the eighth club of the world right now. I don't care if we win anything from now on. We are right there. No other, no other team. No other team right now. <laughs> I'm not disputing that for a second yet. Let's just enjoy it. And let's talk about the second game theme. Is, oh, my God. Uh, Real Madrid versus Manchester City. I mean... First of all, I think if anyone lives under a rock, what the hell happened? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, I've said that before. 
Champions League is the jungle and Real Madrid is the lion. And if yeah. you want to become the king of the jungle, you have to kill the lion. Yeah. But, it's but, just... but you cannot kill Real Madrid just by playing better. You cannot kill them even by winning. Winning is not enough with them. I mean, well, if you're thinking, you're talking about punches before and boxing and stuff like that, yeah. And if you punch Real Madrid on the face and you they hit the floor, you think you're done, you're wrong. You have to go and kick them like, you know, Goodfellas style, like, like Robert De Niro and George Bessie did in Goodfellas, mm. kick them with, with the shoes until there's blood on your shoes. And if you're thinking you're done, you're wrong. You have to stab them like a maniac, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if, the, if then you're thinking you're done, you're again wrong because you have to burn them. You have to cremate them, right? And when you cremate them and you think you're done, you're wrong again because you have to take Real Madrid's ashes and put them in a capsule and send them to orbit around there. And, uh, and when they are up there, you have to find a rocket capsule, spread Real Madrid ashes all over to outer space, then you can say you're done with them. Because you're never really, really done with them. Because this is what they do. They wear white in the Champions League. They go to the final. They do, they do. And they do not lose finals. I know, and this is like the the scary thing now because, like, yeah. obviously you've just kind of highlighted that, and you know you watched that game, and I think many people did. And uh, by the way, on a side note, I like the fact that Liverpool played first, got into the final, and then you can enjoy, enjoy and relax and think yes, who's going to make it. You know, that is a very yeah. very nice feeling, and also it gives me really really nice sort of flashbacks to not so long ago when you know we were watching Spurs versus Ajax. You know, knowing like, oh, I wonder who we're going to play. But here we are again enjoying this game, but. Not a single shot on target, you know, till the 89th <laughs> minute. You know, Benzema just not looking like himself. Also, you have to, um, you know, I know he's probably managed some very, very good teams, but Carlo Ancelotti doing a grand slam of all the big leagues, you know, winning them all, you know. Yeah, on so- Saturday. And then on, on Wednesday, being the first one to go to five Champions League finals. I mean, what an amazing couple of days for him. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we watched, we, we all watched that game and, you know, we, we're sort of speaking about, to me, it just seemed very tactical, you know, you know, um, but, you know, Real Madrid really not creating much, you know, lots of half chances. Also, so many offsides as well. Every time Benzema was on the ball and like maybe deep down inside me, I kind of wanted Real Madrid through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was just constant, you know, the offside flag was going off. I was getting deeply, deeply like frustrated. But, you know, you, you look at that and that game and then obviously Mares scores and it's just absolutely madness because... You sit there and you think, oh gosh, this is it now. Um, I don't think, you know, will Real Madrid come back from this? Can they come back from this? You know, and our commentators were, you know, talking up um, the Paris final for for Man City. and, And I don't know what Pep was doing because... Some of them subs, of course, you have to take off Kyle Walker, but, you know, taking off some of your attacking players like De Bruyne and Mares and... Oh gosh. And then, you know, you, Grealish, Grealish. I mean, 
two chances in the space of a minute, two chances, mm. two chances yeah. in the space of a minute, that's going to haunt him for the rest of his life because then you have Rodrigo who literally has two chances in two minutes and scores again a contrast of fate. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people are going to talk about Pep. And you know what? Grilly scores one and he's a genius. And uh, they played 185 minutes of football. City were the better team in every single minute of, of the tie. Yeah, Grealish, by the way, it's worth noting as well, goal line clearance and actually a very, very good save by Courtois because yeah. it actually just touched his, it like gripped yeah. his finger and it just kind of went yeah. wide. My yeah, word. Grealish, Grealish scores that and City are uh, part of the final and they have advanced in the finals but winning both, win, both games. I mean, that's the scoreline that would have reflected what we saw on the pitch. But it didn't. And somehow they imploded again. I mean, those Rodrigo goals, it was like Ginny Vinaldo. <laughs> yeah, one square ball, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Scoring with your foot. And then a mo- almost identical cross from the other side of the pitch, of course. Yep. Almost identical cross and almost identical leap and the, sw- the tra- trajectory of the ball finding the back of the net. I, I was at work and uh, we had... and. Hellish, a hellish night because it was a huge basketball game and uh, it was, you know, uh, I didn't properly watch the game, I have to be honest with you. Mm. And, uh, but I, I, have, I have to be, I, I watched the final 20 minutes of the game and I was, I was, you know, reassured that, you know, City are the better team and they have just scored. So, yeah, let's talk about that when it's done. And the minute they equalized, the minute they equalized and I, I I looked up and I thought there were six hard minutes. And I said, they're going to concede again. They're going to yeah. concede again. I, I knew it. I knew they're going to concede again because this is what Real Madrid are doing. And this is what about City. Are, uh, always something happens to them. And something always goes wrong for Guardiola and stuff like that. And it was the same scenario again that Real Madrid are capable of doing that. One of the few teams in Europe, right? Not only until European mm-hmm. nights. We have to be we have to be honest here. I mean, we love to say that only Liverpool can do that stuff of miracles, but no, yeah, Real Madrid can do that as well, and they have done it in an amazing campaign so far. But it's the other scenario. But do you know what the only... crazy thing was? Theme is the crazy thing was. Uh, Rodrigo could have literally got a hat trick because Edison again makes that save. Yeah. You know that way. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, like, oh my God, literally from nothing to everything. And that is a scary thing. The fact that this team truly never dies. And as soon as they got their first goal, and obviously you talk about the injury time, I was like, the ref better give five minutes because I want to see what City's resolves made out. Yeah, I yeah, want to see who, what they're about. Obviously, the subs that he'd made and everything. I was like, this gets very interesting now because, like you, I'm like, these lot make goals out of half chances. We have seen yeah. them scalp Paris Saint Germain, who were the better team. Yeah, Let's be honest, we're the better team. They did it to Chelsea, where Chelsea came back in the second leg and then they just absolutely swatted them away again. They did it again. And you know what? They got literally a fair few goals at the Etihad out of like literally nothing. So it was going to be very, very interesting. And we weren't, we weren't, we weren't disappointed. I mean, to think that if the away goal rule wasn't scrapped, 
it was game over right there. <laughs> I mean, it was game over right there. The second goal. City yeah. had all the luck that, you know what, you imploded again, but to have 30 minutes to get back into it. You have 30 minutes. You're not out yet because of the away goal rule being scrapped off, right? And you have 30 mm. minutes to fight for your life. Nothing came out of it. I mean, Real Madrid, if you think about that, in the aggregate score, they were down 2-0 to PSG with 30 minutes left. Five, 25. Mm. 4-3 to Chelsea in the aggregate score with 10 minutes left. Yeah, <laughs> and and on Wednesday night they were five three down to Man City in stoppage time. Five, and they went through. I mean, Ruben Diaz, what absolutely idiotic penalty to concede. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't don't ever mention that guy in the same sentence with Virgil again. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Don't ever do that again. The fact that they had 15 minutes in the second half. Of extra time, with Real Madrid, without Modric, without Casemiro, without Cross, with Asensio, with Lucas Vasquez, with Rodrigo, Camavinga was amazing, by the way. Yes, yes, I put that in to... my notes. Yep, I put that yeah. in my notes. And you, you spoke about Diaz. I was like, what, where, you know, what the hell was Diaz doing? I also having my notes when Rodrigo scored his first his first goal, Diaz was at fault there as well. Like, what was he doing? Yeah. Picking up his man? You know, there were errors and you're right. And, and I think it just topped up his night, um, the fact that he gave away the, the decisive penalty. Yeah. And the fact that I thought to myself, you know what? They are down. We're thinking that they were going to the final and now they have to play an extra time and they, are, they have conceded. But I, I thought, Man City would do something in the second half of the extra time. I mean, mm. I thought that, you know, Real Madrid were running on fumes and they have to try. Didn't have a single shot. Mm. Not, that's testing your luck, you know, from far away. I mean, you're out of the campaign. You have to shoot. You have to try. Because you're, you're going out. Have a shot. Uh, in the most amazing, amazing way. And I, I know we are old enough Oh, no, from all those years of watching football, you know that anything can happen in knockout stages, nothing mm-hmm. is impossible, stuff like that. The fact is that football is so amazing because as many times, as many wonder uh, moments you can witness, you, you, you are never really prepared to witness it again. <laughs> I mean, each time that happens again, no thinking happen. I mean, how is, how is that possible? How yeah. can they be out of the, of the campaign? How can they be out of the final? Being absolutely the better team in both ties. How mm-hmm. can they be out? Well, they are. And I have to be, you know, honest here. Uh, my wife has been asking me, <laughs> who do you want to play in the final? Who do you want to play in the final? And stuff like that. And doesn't know much about football, but, but watching Liverpool play every week for the past two or three years, mm. she, has underst- uh, she, she knows that City are the toughest opponent. opponent. Yeah. Because she knows that we don't have the best games when we play them. 
So she, she can tell by that. She doesn't know what Guardiola is doing, the tactics, or how good a player is, you know, Silva or uh, Kevin De Bruyne and stuff like that. But she knows when we play them, we are never at our best. So that must, be, that must mean something about their qualities. And she said to me, you know, I want to play Real Madrid and do you think they can do it and stuff like that. And she was so happy this morning <laughs> about the fact, yeah, about the fact we're playing Madrid. And you know what? I told her in all honesty, she said, you know what? Now it's done and dusted. We're playing Madrid. So who do you want to play? Who do you want to go to? And I said, you know what? I was thinking that if we're going to lose the final, there's always, there's always that possibility that you go there and you don't have your best game or stuff like that. And you lose the final. I would rather lose it to Real Madrid. Like mm. them, I've never supported them. But if you're gonna lose, you're gonna say, you know what? We lost the final to the absolute European royalty. They are the team that can always find a way to go through, and they never lose a final. So fair play to them. I would hate, <laughs> I would hate to face City <laughs> and lose the final to them. Yeah. And see them celebrate the first Champions League tie. If you told me that you're going to win the final, I would love to play City. Nobody can promise you that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> if you told me that we're going to win the final, then bring on City. But it's an open game. Anybody can win it. So I'm, I'm supposed to go there and watch myself, my team, lose a European Cup final in front of me. So, yeah, let's, let it be Real Madrid one who win it. Let it be them. Fine by me. It's okay. They're a European royal. Oh. Yeah, just yeah. some random thoughts. I mean, when the Rodrigo second goal went in, I ain't gonna lie, I squealed a little bit because literally, <laughs> like, what on earth? You know, like, those things, like, it's just such a great feeling to kind of watch. I mean, I have no affinity with either team. You guys all know that. But I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe they're, ex you know, like, it's happened to them again. I think it was more like laughter and like, but like you said, I mean, Real Madrid, they're not going to be easy to play against. But, you know, you have to play somebody. And, you know, this is the team that we're going to play against. You have to give them respect because they've actually knocked out teams that have actually been better than them. I think what Liverpool have to do and maybe why, you, you know, what we have to do against Real Madrid, of course, we're going to do the 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 chit chat um about Real Madrid yeah. when the final comes. Yeah. But I think what Liverpool have to do is with this team, Liverpool just absolutely have to be clinical. And, you know, that is my hope for it. You know, like where you have to put a good five, six behind them. The midfield needs to be on point. It needs to be alert. It's just going to be, uh, it's just going to be one of them things. And of course, the defense has to be so, so switched on because, you know, we yeah. talk about Benzema, but let's not forget Vinny Jr., who absolutely destroyed us last season, albeit we were depleted. But I've seen him run at everybody. And I thought Kyle mm -hmm. Walker did really well with him for most parts of the game. Um, obviously he got injured, but you know, that, that's my takeaway from that game. And my takeaway from Man City is, Themis, um, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. And just in general, what I've been speaking about, I am absolutely hoping that they are absolutely traumatized. I'm, their confidence has been shook and Newcastle can do something to them. You know, uh, on the flip side, now they've only got the league to focus on. They might go full on, full on pelters for it, which, is highly, highly, highly likely because this team is so, so good. But I'm hoping that they have taken a bit of a psychological beating there as well. I'm not going to say anything about that. 
because I, of course, I, <laughs> I really care about what's going to happen, but I do not care about what they're going to do. It's, uh, I mean, my whole focus and thought is on Liverpool right now. So, of course, I'm waiting to see what we are going to do in the remaining fixtures and if they're going to slip or not. Uh, as you said, we have all the time in the world to talk about Madrid again before the final. I would like to add a few things on them. <laughs> First, the, the fact is, you know, Carlo Ancelotti, with Napoli as well, having good games versus uh, mm-hmm. Liverpool and versus Jurgen Klopp. Of course, we have all the history of the 2005 and 2007 yep. uh, finals. Yeah, we go a long way back. And we go longer than that because he was playing for Roma in the 84 final, uh, right, in mm-hmm. Rome. So we go long, long, long way back with him. I mean, uh, uh, we are his favorite in a way opponent because he has every story possible facing Liverpool as a player and as a manager uh, as well. But I have two thoughts. First, the fact that Liverpool always face a team playing in white in the finals, right? So, <laughs> City would be the only opponent ever in the European Cup or uh, Champions League final not to wear white when they face Liverpool. But it was not meant to be. So, we're going to face a team wearing white again, like we always do in, in Champions League finals. And I have to add something that might worry some people. Right, but it's my responsibility to do so. And I don't know if you've seen that stat anywhere, or uh, if anybody else has mentioned that. Uh, since 2001, 21 seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Spanish teams have played in 16 Champions League and Europa League finals. 16 finals in the Champions League and the Europa League in 21 mm-hmm. seasons. How many have they lost? None. None. Because even Atletico Madrid lost to Real Madrid, who were a Spanish team. Exactly. None. Sevilla, Villarreal, not only Real Madrid, no. Barcelona, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of them. They do not lose a final. They have 16 European finals won in a row. 16 out of 16. This is the task that we're facing in in Paris. <laughs> we're facing the task of beating Real Madrid, who <laughs> have an amazing finals record, and we have the task of finally, finally beating a Spanish team in a final after 16 straight wins. This is what we're up to. And I have to agree with you. We have to be clinical. And because that team never dies, we do not have to play better than them. We do not have to win. We have to destroy them. Because that's the, that's the only way to do it when you're facing Real Madrid. That's the only way to do it. I've said that last season when they played Chelsea. And I said, if you want to knock them out, you have to destroy them. Absolutely destroy them. Like Ajax did. When they, they reached the semi-final to lose uh, to Tottenham, like Ajax did. Face them, play, and destroy them 
in every possible way because that's the only way to beat them. The only mm-hmm. way to beat them. You cannot squeeze a win out of Real Madrid. You cannot almost win with them. Never. You cannot just squeeze a scrappy win, stuff like that. I know finals are supposed to be about scrappy wins, right? Mm. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a scrappy win again for either team. My general lo- rule when you're facing Real Madrid is that's almost impossible to do when you're facing them, when you're playing them. If you're playing them, a scrappy win is not, is not that easy. You have to destroy them. Play them, destroy them. That's the only way to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> and if anyone can, let's leave it to Jurgen Klopp and the Reds. Let's yeah. make history. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I wish we would play them uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I wish the wait was over. I mean, there's a lot of football to be played and important football matches to play. Until then, I'm not discarding anything. But uh, when I, whenever I think about the Champions League final, I wish we would play them tomorrow. I cannot. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I don't think many people can. Uh, 28th of May is the day that we're yeah. going to have to wait. I'm sure myself and Themis will get together before that and maybe talk about, you know, the build-up to it and how we're feeling. And, you know, uh, yeah, um, I'm sure we can do something. But, guys, I think it's going to be a tasty encounter. I think, yeah. regardless, it's going to be a good final. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, um, uh, watch this space with the Reds. Themis, um, I think we've pretty much discussed everything there. Mm-hmm. Any any final takeaways from you before we close the pod off? Well, uh, we have talked about that off record, right? So mm. now we can talk about that on record. So, yeah, I'm going to Paris. Who's coming? <laughs> Who wants to drink a beer or stuff like that? I don't know. I don't know my time my timetable because I'm gonna be working and stuff like that. But I think I can find time to have a beer with anybody. So yeah, I'm going. Who's going? I'm gonna be there. Yeah. I'm I'm sorted. My tickets are sorted and stuff like that. I so yeah. Let's all meet in Paris. That's what I, I can to say. Yeah, I think AI are going to have a meet-up. I think Gags and Harinder and a few people will be there. So definitely um, uh, contact them and, you know, you can meet, you know, you can meet some of, you know, us, some of the podcasters. Uh, yeah, guys, if you're going to Paris, um, uh, drop us a tweet so, you know, so Themis can keep an eye on it. So, yeah, if you are going to Paris, not jealous at all, just saying, uh, you know, I just, I'll be washing my hair that day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? At halftime versus Villarreal, the tie, you know, up for grabs as far as the scoreline was concerned. My wife was so angry with what was going on. She said to me, I don't care if we booked everything, I'm not going. Oh. <laughs> if Liverpool are out of the final, I'm not going. I said, I said, you know, be serious. We have paid everything about, you know, and it's Paris. So we can all have a great time there without Liverpool being on the final. And yeah, he, she just said, shopping. And she said, no, 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 I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to watch a Villarreal City final. I'm not going. <laughs> You're going by yourself. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, what have I, have I done? I've created a monster. I have a wife who 
things going to Paris in May is not a good idea if Liverpool are not playing on the, uh, for, in the final. <laughs> I think some people will think you've hit the jackpot there, especially our listeners, you know? Uh, yeah, um, I love that. I love her passion as well. I love the fact that she just sounds like, you know, like she's really, really fully immersed herself in, into Liverpool Football Club and really enjoys watching them. But guys, I mean, what a time to be alive. What a time to enjoy the Reds. And I, you know what? On a personal level as well, I am really, from a podcasting perspective, um, I'm really happy that I will get to talk one more time to you guys about a football game because last year it was cut a little short for mine and yeah. his liking. So yeah. we're really excited about that. Just wonderful stuff, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Give us your thoughts. I want to hear your reaction to the Fabinho goal and, you know, Rodrigo's second as well. Tweet us, Discord <laughs> us, anything. And just a feedback is always welcome. And if anyone is going to Paris, Drop us a line, certainly to Themis, and uh, hopefully you can all have a get-together. Guys, uh, from me, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. and Take care. Till next time, a big final awaits. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.